for a few words. Hebrews chapter 6, uh, verse 17 through to verse 20. Amen. Let's pray together. Father, we give you thanks tonight just that we are bowed in your presence. We pray, Lord, as we come to the preaching of your word, that you would give us help tonight. Lord, that you would speak to every life in this room. Give us ears to hear. Lord, we pray you'd settle our hearts. Lord, we pray that every thought, every distracting thought would be banished from this place. We pray, Lord, that you speak with the voice that wakes the dead, makes the people hear. Lord, we ask tonight for much help. We ask for the Holy Spirit to do the work that only the Holy Spirit can do, bring conviction of sin, righteousness, and the judgment that is to come. Strive with men and women and young people and boys and girls in this meeting tonight. Lord, give understanding. Enlighten our understanding that we may know and see that Christ came into the world to save sinners. We thank you for a day of grace. Thank you, Lord, there's mercy. Thank you, Lord, tonight there's mercy. And we pray in Jesus' name above everything that your name will be glorified. In Jesus' name, amen. Hebrews chapter 6, verse 17 says, We're in God, willing more abundantly to show unto the heirs of promise the immutability of his counsel, confirmed it by an oath, that by two immutable things that in which it was impossible for God to lie, we might have a strong consolation who have fled for refuge to lay hold upon the hope that is set before us, which hope we have as an anchor of the soul, both sure and steadfast, and which entereth into that within the field, whether the forerunner is for us entered, even Jesus, who is made a high priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. And we know the Lord will bless the reading of his word tonight. I want to speak just for a few moments about the anchor in the storm. The anchor in the storm. You know, in Acts chapter 27, you can turn if you want. I'll be just pulling some scriptures from it, but I'll just summarize it so uh, you can pick up upon it. The Apostle Paul is on a journey. He's a prisoner, and he's going from Crete to Rome uh, for being a preacher of the gospel, living prisoned him. He's on a ship, and on that ship there's 286 men. Paul the Apostle, this great preacher, this great servant of the Lord Jesus Christ who was wonderfully converted on the road to Damascus, uh, once a man that was filled with hatred and, and bitterness was totally transformed by the power of Jesus Christ. He was born again of the Spirit of God. He's on this ship, and this ship's about to set sail. It's a journey that he's on, and he's a prisoner going to Rome, and this this ship's about to set sail and the Holy Spirit revealed to Paul the Apostle, Paul, this ship, if it sets sail, certainly what will happen is that the ship will be lost and even worse still, every man's life could be lost upon this ship. So Paul the Apostle stands up, there's the master of the ship, there's the owner of the ship, and he basically, I'm going to talk in our language if you don't mind for a moment, but Paul basically stands up and says, Sirs, listen to me, I understand that from God, that if we set sail, 
in this ship, that certainly this ship will be broken up and there'll be much hurt even to the loss of our lives. He warned these men that this journey was going to end in disaster. He stands with this assurance in his heart that he'd received from the Lord a message that he should deliver and boldly stand and tell them that if they continue on this journey, it's a warning. I want to ask you a question tonight. Do you wish that you had to listen to warnings? Many people wish they had to listen to warnings. I look back over my life, and I know I've shared it before, but I wish that as a younger age, I had to listen to what I was warned. And most of the time, we ignore those warnings. We just carry on in our life. We just keep going through life, and there's warnings all around us. But I wish as a young fella, I had to listen to my mother. I wish I had to listen to my father. I wish I had to listen to my Sunday school teachers. I wish I had to listen to Uncle Trevor and Auntie Rosemary on a Tuesday night Milltown Baptist meeting. I wish I had to listen to my granny and my granda when they used to tell me, son, this is the only life to live. It's a life for Jesus. And any other life that you live will bring you destruction, will bring you pain, and will bring you heartache. Give your life to Jesus and live for Him. And I wish I had to listen to the warnings. I remember, and I've told the story before, but I'll tell it tonight, because only a few weeks ago I was standing at the door and a woman came up. My mom said, Tim, this is Joycelyn. I said, oh, Joycelyn. And she said, I'm Sam Campbell. Sam Campbell's name is nearly ingrained in my brain. And Sam Campbell was this old man when I was 15 years old. I worked in a filling station just beside the King's Hall. And at that stage, I'd set the seals. I was ready to go out and enjoy the pleasures of sin. I didn't want Christianity. I didn't want to live this life. And, and so I'd set the seals. I was waiting for the opportunity to go. And I worked in this little filling station. Back then, they had petrol pump attendants. I don't think we'll have them anymore. Remember them? And so I was sitting in the wee garage. And it was a day shift during the summer, £2.50 an hour. You couldn't beat it. I had all the chocolate, all the crisps, and all the Coke. It was like heaven. And then Sam would come on and he used to wear these big blue bright overalls and he would start at about 10 o'clock and I'd be behind the desk sitting with a till, a tin of Coke and I remember the Caramac, remember Caramacs? And then a packet of crisps and that was me. I was set for the day. But Sam started at 10. And there's Sam coming in. He's got the overalls on. An old Baptist man who loved the Lord Jesus Christ with all of his heart. And I seen him coming. I went, oh no. Because I know what's coming. And I can remember sitting behind the desk and I used to have a wee hatch and I used to jump off the seat, put the hatch down, lock it quickly, jump back onto the seat again. And Sam would come in and he'd walk down slowly. He was a big, big man. And he'd come walking up to the counter and he would lean in the counter and he said, son, are you going to get right with the Lord? He began to warn. God puts people in your life to warn us, to direct us, to point us to the way. And I wish I had to listen to Sam Campbell at the age of 15. I didn't. And everything of what they told me would happen when you turn away from God and you go into the world, everything of what they said would happen, happened. 
Because the Bible says that the thief comes but for to steal, to kill and destroy. But Jesus said, I've come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. Friends, do you wish you had to listen to the warnings? Paul stand and saying, there's warnings here. There's a journey that you're on. There's a life that you're living. And there's cautions. There's warnings. And many times we choose just to ignore those warnings. But those warnings are real. You know, from an early age, we're warning our children. We're trying to protect them. We're trying to direct them. We're trying to show them the right way. We pull them away from things that can harm them. And yet it shows us that in the nature of man, because all have sinned, the Bible says all have sinned. You know, a couple of weeks ago, I seen wee Sarah making a run for it right down the center eye, right to the edge of the stairs. And about 10 mummies and daddies and everyone else started to run. Why? Because we realize there's danger. She wasn't aware of the danger. And God puts people in our lives to warn us. He gives us godly parents. He gives us Sunday school teachers. He gives us teachers that will teach us in, in Lighthouse. And we sit under the gospel and they warn us. And they tell us. They counsel us. They point us. And so Paul is directing this ship and saying, if you go this journey, if you continue on this way, if you ignore the warnings, this goes right back to the beginning. Because God said to Adam and Eve, our first parents, you can eat of all the trees that are in the garden, but of this tree of the knowledge of good and evil, don't eat of that tree. And the day that you eat of that tree, what will happen? You will surely die. What did they do? They took of the tree. They ignored the warning. What happened? Because of sin, death entered in to mankind. All of sin comes short of the glory of God. The Bible says it's appointed unto man once to die. And then the judgment. The Bible says the soul that sinneth shall surely die. The consequences of ignoring the warnings. Friends, you need to know this because it's important. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 7, verse 13, Enter ye in at the straight gate, for wide is the gate, broad is the way that leadeth to destruction, and many there be which go in thereat, because straight is the gate, and narrow is the way which leadeth unto life, and few there be that find it. Few there be that find it. There's a way, there's a path that leads to destruction. It's the broad path. It's the path we're all born in. But Jesus says there's a straight gate and narrow is the way and Jesus is that way and he is that truth and he is that life. You know, Paul the Apostle said in Colossians 1 and 28, when we preach, we're to warn every man. We have to warn them. And what a day it is we're living in. What an hour we have come to. What a time in history we have come to. Surely the coming of the Lord is upon us. We're living in the final moments of time. The world is in turmoil. We see the signs all around us. We see that the coming of the Lord draweth nigh. We see that the turmoil of the nations, the shaking of the nations. We see everything that's happening around us and the earthquakes and the famines and the pestilence. And we see the crumbling and the fear that is in man's heart. We see the breakdown of our whole society. It's changed dramatically in the last 40 years. Why? Because we're rapidly approaching the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we're to warn men and women. We're to warn them. But we've heard that for years. Friends, let me tell you something. Don't ignore the warnings. We're to warn. Paul stands in the ship and begins to warn. 
that there's a storm coming. I want you to hear me tonight. There's a storm coming. There's a storm. There's a storm coming. It's important to know that the storm will come to every person in this room. There are many storms in life. There are many disappointments. Every home that's represented here will have experienced storms and difficulties and trials and tribulations. Many of you have gone through, maybe someone's sitting here tonight and you're going through a storm. You're going through a difficult time. You're going through turmoil in your mind or in your heart or in your life. There's many storms, but there's one final storm. The storm that will reach every man and every woman in this room. And it's a storm, and really that storm is death. It comes to every person. Paul said there's a storm coming, but they chose to ignore the warning. They chose to ignore the counsel of Paul. And what happened? The storm came. The storm came. And so as they're on this boat and this storm begins to beat upon this ship and they try everything, they try everything to, to stay afloat. And now that the sun has turned dark and now the stars aren't shining and now it says this word, these words in Acts 27, all hope that we should be saved was taken away. They lost hope. I wonder if there's someone in this room tonight and you've lost hope. You don't know the purpose of life. You don't know why you're living. You don't know why you're here. You don't want to face tomorrow. It seems like you've lost all hope. Can I tell you something tonight? There's hope in Jesus Christ. All hope was lost that they should be saved. And Paul stands in the middle of that mess and that storm. And do you know what he says? Sirs, you should have listened to me. Has that ever been said to you? If you had only have listened. Maybe it's never been said to you, but it's been said to me a lot of times. If only you had a listened. If only you had a heeded the warnings. But then he said these words, Sirs, be of good cheer, because I believe God. In the midst of the wreck and the ruin, there was an answer. There was an anchor for the soul in the midst of the mess and the storm and the brokenness and the emptiness and the depression and the despair. There's an answer. And that answer is a person. And that person is Jesus Christ. And Paul stands in the midst of it and says to that company of people, except you stay with this ship, you will not be saved. Know what Jesus said in John 3 and 3? Except a man be born again, he cannot enter the kingdom of heaven. You know, friends, it's so important tonight as we are rapidly approaching the finale of time. People say, do you honestly believe that that's where we are and we're in this world, in this society? I want to tell you, friends, the Bible is clear that we are living in the very final moments of time and the only men and women that will go to heaven are those that are born again of the Spirit of God, that have been born of the Spirit of God and are washed in the blood. And so in the midst of all of this, we see that these men are instructed to stay with the ship, to hold on. And as the ship began to break, and as the storm began to intensify, they held on the bits of that ship, and all men were saved. I want you to listen. What does that mean to us? 
There's a people. I want to ask you a question. I want you to answer it in your heart tonight. What do you hold on to in the storm? I want you to think about it for a moment before you answer it, but just in your heart. What is it that you hold on to in the midst of your storm? You know, men will hold on to their finances, but can I tell you, your finances can never save you. Men will hold on to their respectability, but I, I want to tell you something. Your respectability can never save you. Men will hold on to their careers, but can I tell you something? Your career won't save you. Some might hold on to some filthy habit, some drug habit, some drinking habit. Some might hold on to the pleasures of sin. Some might hold on to many things in this world. But can I tell you, none of those things can save you. The only one that can save you, the only one that can deliver you, is the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. And if you hold on to Him, I'm going to tell you, He's no disappointment. He's no disappointment. You see, what do you hold on to, friend? What is it that you hold to in the storm? You know, the Bible tells us about two men. One was wise, one was foolish. We heard about it in Sunday school. We heard about it and we sang about it. And yet what truth it is, two men, one was foolish and one was wise. Both of them built houses. Both of them had grand houses, but both built on a foundation. One foundation was sand, and one foundation was a rock. And that rock is Jesus Christ. The Bible tells us when the storm came. See, let me tell you something. There isn't a person in this room that's going to escape the storm. You know, the storm came a month ago to Brother Bob. But he had an anchor for the soul, and his name was Jesus. What do you hold on to, friend, when the storm comes? What do you lay hold of? Everything else in this world is sinking sand. That foolish man had built this house, grand house it was. It looked the part on the outward, everything seemed fine. And see, on the outward appearance, every person in this room tonight looks fine, looks well. But what have you built your life on? This man had built his life upon the sand. And it tells us when the storm came, when the wind began to blow, when the rain began to come down, when the waves rose up. Because he built that house and that life upon that sand. The Bible says there was a great fall. But the wise man, he built his house upon the rock. And that rock is Jesus. And when the storm came, and when the wind began to blow, and when the rain began to descend, that house stood. Why? Because he was founded and built upon the rock. That rock is Jesus Christ. Do you know the Bible warns us in Scripture Tells us in Proverbs chapter 29 and verse 1, He that being often reproved and hardeneth his neck shall suddenly be destroyed and that without remedy. I want to read that verse again. He that often being reproved 
hardeneth his neck shall suddenly be destroyed and that without remedy. The Bible says, my spirit shall not always strive with man. I want to tell you something. You can't come to Jesus when you want. The Spirit of God is striving with your heart, speaking into your life. Today is the day of salvation. Now is the time. Now is the accepted time. But the Bible says there's a time that he often being reproved, warnings often coming, suddenly, the Bible says, he'll be destroyed and without remedy. What a sobering verse. Can I tell you something with everything of the love of God that's within me? It's a warning. And it's true. To know tonight that this is an opportunity for some soul who's maybe in the midst of a great storm to know that tonight you can let go of your sin and your shame and your brokenness and you can lay hold of Jesus Christ whom is life and life eternal. I wonder tonight if you're in this room, have you had enough of sin and brokenness and ruin and tears and storms and a wretched life of sin? Have you had enough? Bible says, when the poor man cried, the Lord heard him and the Lord delivered him from all his troubles. As we close tonight, our opening verse said that we're to lay hold upon the hope that is set before us. That hope is Jesus. That hope is an anchor of the soul is both sure and steadfast. If you're in this room tonight and you don't know Jesus as your Lord and your Savior, there's mercy at the cross. There's forgiveness at the cross. There's freedom at the cross. There's deliverance at the cross. You can repent of your sin tonight and give your life to the Lord. and Live for Him. And friends, when the storm does come, you can say, we have an anchor that keeps the soul. His name's Jesus. Let's pray together tonight. Just with every head bowed in this meeting tonight.